The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. to the May edition of On The Rag. We're very late, very sorry about that. It is deep into June by, by my calendar, but that's all right. Um, my name's Alex Casey. I am joined by Michelle Court, writer, comedian, MC extraordinaire. Hello. And Leonie Hayden, Mana magazine editor, my office mate, <laughs> and great lipstick wearer today. <laughs> um, Doesn't happen often. It's, it's rare, but I'm glad that you pulled out all the stops for the Thanks, podcast. Um, sorry about my voice to start off with. Um, so this is On The Rag. We're here to talk about uh, women's stuff in New Zealand from the past month, as always. Um, Sheila's. The Sheila, thing. The Sheila biz. We have some admin. We have some Sheila admin to get out Ooh, of the way first. Housekeeping. Um, we love housekeeping. <laughs> this is what we do. Get out your bloody dustbusters, ladies. Let's tidy the shit up. <laughs> we are going to our own podcast stream. What? All right. I don't know. Is ooh, it, does ooh, it mean ooh. anything? Josie just told me to say this. So if you are subscribed to us on some kind of app, <laughs> I'm you're gonna lose me now. I some am. kind of app. Yes, yeah, so are? I'm on the is it on the spin-off app and it so they automatically turn up on my phone and I get an <laughs> alert. So look, how old am I? I'm sound like my hundred and two. So now I'm gonna have to resubscribe to this one in particular. Something like that. Jo- Jose's nodding. So yeah, if you're on Podkicker or uh, Stitcher, any of those sort of things, you'll have the spin-off podcast at the moment. This will be on the spin-off podcast, but our next one will be debuting on On The Rag's new own space on the interwebs. Nice. Which our is really cool. Own lady space. I know. Wow. And further that, we're going to have a pod- uh, a hashtag, sorry, because I realise I really want to get, you know, people, you know, kind of engage with us on Twitter, but yep. I want I want a bit more. So Contributions. We're going to get in with a hashtag OTRpod. thought it was quite snappy. That's right, eh? On the rag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the, the rag. On the OTR rag. OTRpod. And we're going to make a Facebook page. I don't know when that will be, but keep an eye on the spin-offs Facebook um, for that. So that's all the housekeeping. Guys, we did it. We can, we're into the workforce now. Excellent. Let's go. I'm going to take my apron off now. <laughs> um, speaking of women's faces, I thought we could start by talking about that in the real world, not just on the internet, because there's been a bit of a, bit of a kerfuffle uh, of sorts this month about women's only swim nights in Auckland and around New Zealand actually. Yeah, one in Hamilton as well. Because uh, that's the, the Hamilton one is the one that's stuck in my head where women uh, had, there were two sessions for 90 minutes each 
and a, and a whole week where uh, it was uh, the pool was just available to women, and apparently that's wildly sexist, and it's a prime example of misandry, and um, <laughs> because it was a public swimming pool, if women were only women were allowed to go to it for those ninety minutes times two, one hundred and eighty minutes a week, then men should stop paying their rates, mm. which yeah. would go towards which is a great pool. argument, well made by David Ferrer. Thank you so much for what that contribution. Brilliant use of his time. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. We've never paid for anything that doesn't go directly to us. Right? No, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. No. That's not how the world works. No, when, you know, men's sports teams play on the public grounds, we uh, no, that's fine. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. I love it. I would love to go to I've never been to one personally, but yeah. it's so great. It's a great idea, it right? Is, there's, there's two things for me about it. You know, there's the political thing, which I might get to, but the first thing that I would observe is that those places where it's just for women are so relaxed and relaxing and you don't have, you suddenly realise how much tension you hold within yourself when you're Mm. in a a pair of togs or Mm. um, maybe in a gym where you're being seen, where you're subject to male gaze and and I mean that in the least pejorative way I possibly can. Um, You just suddenly breathe out and chill and relax and it's about the swimming. Mm. Yeah. I remember at uni... Like having a woman's space is is that it's mm, common yeah. across all units, yeah, yeah. right? Because I remember, and it's probably something that happens every single year that there's a massive outcry of "Where's the men's space?" and "What's?" I think it's more like "What's going on?" It's in fucking there. everywhere, yeah. mate. That's where the men's space is. <laughs> exactly, and I, you know, I used to go in there, and you just make a little cup of tea, yeah, and you just have a sit, and it's amazing, like you say, it's just you could see women like lying on couches and stuff just in ways that they probably couldn't do in like the shared study space because you'd look you know people would be like oh look at the way she's sitting you know what's the what's the message you're trying to put across by lying down on that couch lady look at the way you're flicking through your book (laughs) all that kind of stuff i see the way you're holding your pen (laughs) yes what and then the obvious thing that people are ignoring and criticizing something like a women's only swimming space is that a lot of women that use those nights are Muslim and do so for religious mm. and cultural background reasons. And not only that, I mean, we sort of are raised as women to sort of be aware of the dangers that men pose to us. So um, we sort of carry ourselves accordingly. But also these women, these like a lot of these immigrants and refugees, who probably a lot of them haven't been swimming before in their lives, um, they come from cultures where they have a lot more to fear from men than mm. we do and therefore you know it's a lot more of a big deal for them to do something like going swimming in mm. tight-fitting clothing yeah mm. you know it's just it just seems a weird criticism to actually ignore the experiences of the types of people who are using the women's only space as if you know you can only conceive of the fact that these sort of hearty kiwi women are just decided to shut out men so that they can go for a swim. It's not really who yeah. it's for, you know. No. Although it's nice. It's nice even as a, a Kiwi woman to just have a woman's only space and not have to worry about. The, yeah, that weird assumption that it's out of malice or hatred or anger or yeah. any of those things. And it's, it's something not. that, why can't I have this as yeah. well? It's like this, yeah. they're confronted with suddenly, you know, I read this like, it was some piece, I think it was on like Huffington Post Woman or something about that for men like, when stuff like that comes up and they feel like their privilege is being eroded, that it suddenly feels like oppression. And it's like, you're not being oppressed. We're just yeah. making space for people to enjoy the same privileges that you have had That's forever, right. you know? Right. And suddenly it's like, and you know, I've heard 
I, I thought this was reported, but I think my mum sent it to me that on Facebook apparently someone is taking this to the Human Rights Commission. Yeah. And it's a woman. <laughs> you know, mm. like there are people who are just really not into it. And it's just like, just chill out. Yeah. Who's yeah. it taking anything away from is, exactly. the, is a really important question. And, and I was really, I read a, um, a piece by Clementine Ford. Um, who I really like. When people talk about, it's so sexist when women have their own gyms. Why can't men have their own spaces? Um, and if there was a men's gym, then the feminists would be outraged. And <laughs> but she and I've never quite Goodness. been. <laughs> I love your man voice. <laughs> I've never quite been able to articulate why it's okay. And I think I finally worked it. Well, Clementine Ford expressed it. I think really articulately, mm. which is that women are given the responsibility for. We, we're constantly told that we um, dress provocatively, uh, that we are the, as the, you know, we are victim blamed all the time. That it's our mm. fault. We've presented ourselves to men in the wrong way. We had too much to drink, or we were wearing the wrong clothes, or we were holding ourselves in the wrong way, or we used the wrong voice, or we were in the wrong place, or you know, whenever a woman is um, something bad happens to a woman, the first thing we ask is what did you do mm. and so then when women say okay so we understand that we need to be careful about the way we present ourselves to men so how about we take responsibility for that by engaging in an activity without men being able to see us that's us taking control of the situation and when we do that we're criticized for that as well yeah. so you know you, you poncy ladies wandering around in your tiny bikinis <laughs> what do you expect men to do but plunge their penis into you and <laughs> so um but now we're going okay so we won't we won't um make their life difficult we will yeah. go swimming without them seeing us well that's wrong too lady yeah, yeah. it's just this belief that men have really got anything to do with it also is just a little bit irksome to me it's like if you're trying to take <laughs> if you're trying to take responsibility for yourself and for women and for creating safe spaces for us you know how men feel about it really isn't sort of uppermost in your mind and, and I mean that in a way that you're not being malicious against men mm. they don't really factor into the equation at that point you know yeah 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 and also I mean there are boys and girls schools so surely any argument against like anything else mm. where they've chosen, I mean, I'm not saying everything obviously should be separated by gender, but I mean, going back to that sort of strange feeling of freedom that you get by swimming in an all women's space, I went to an all girls school and I did really appreciate that during the awkward throes of puberty, I was under no scrutiny whatsoever by, mm. you know, pubescent and previous boys at my most awkward point in time on sports days or school swimming days or anything like that yeah like that is something that at the time I even truly appreciated but even in retrospect really 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 appreciate and I appreciated it at the time because I saw friends of mine who were going to co-ed schools really suffering as a result of it mm -hmm. you know I mean it's not like they're sort of basket cases now as as a result but um you know I just my best friend I sort of had to leave her behind and go after this girl's school in town while she stayed behind at the co-ed school and she just sort of, we'd, we'd been quite robust children. Yeah. You know, and then I went to this girl's school and it was a very robust girl's school and you were sort mm. of, you were encouraged to be boisterous and have a voice and, well, you, and then I sort of 
got louder and she got quieter. You get to feel, you know, in any social situation, there are people who have loud voices. And if you are in a social situation that only has girls in it, then the girls get to have the loud voices. Yeah. And I think yeah. what happens at a co-ed school is the boys take the loud voice job. I'm making wild generalisations, but you know what I mean. I think that's true. My mum taught for a while at a high school and, you know, it was a co-ed school and I was very young. I was just born actually when that happened, but she had decided, she's like, you were going to an all girls school. And she said, the right. reason is because teachers teach to boys. If there's, if there's both in there and the boys are the ones who are making all the fuss and are making yeah, all the noise and mm. making their voices heard. Cause that's what they've been taught to do their whole lives. That's where the teacher's attention is going to mm. go and girls slip through. But it's kind of interesting because now I think it's like girls are doing better. I think in general, I don't know. I'm not sure what the study is like, but I think it's just like on a kind of social level. Yeah. You're taught to, um, yeah, the boys fill in the blanks. Do you think that at the root of the objection to women having their own hour and a half of swimming twice a week with no men around, do you think that men are frightened that at some weird level, unconscious level, that we are planning a revolution against them? <laughs> Do you think that's what's going? You know how is they that get is really, what's happening. I know it is. <laughs> Shh, let's pretend it's not. Let's, let's they're not listening. Keep faking they're it. Not listening. No, of course they're not. <laughs> but you know how boys get really nervous when we go to the bathroom in packs because they yeah. think that we're, we're talking about them. We're fucking there. not talking about them. We're talking about something interesting. So, but they think they are. Uh, there's they're quite kind of. You know, I keep remembering i don't know even know if the study was true but uh <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's delightful <laughs> that the thing men are most afraid of is uh that women will laugh at them the thing women are most afraid of is that men will kill them mm. and Whoa. and i think that's from a louis ck i think it is too so yeah. that's as scientific that's as i need it to be yeah. <laughs> all statistics and data i need <laughs> Louis said it, it's true. <laughs> but I think they're worried that we're having a meeting without them mm. and uh, and we're about to overthrow them. I love it. Yeah. Feed on the fear. Um, I've just done a little Google, um, just what you were talking about. Oh, yeah. um, this is not, that was the thing about the, the kind of women's only spaces. This is nothing new. Like I was looking, I think it was in that Clementine Ford piece, but in um, India there's a mother's market, which That's is right. a woman only place where they can go to just buy fruit and veg and not get hassled and just do whatever you know and this has been around for a really long time I think and it's um yeah like hundreds of years it's a, yeah it says that it was tradition. established in the 1600s yeah but I mean I you've got to ask yourself like if you're really part of a society that has literally required a women's market for hundreds of years oh, yeah. to protect yeah. shopping women from being like openly harassed by men <laughs> yeah like, I think it's maybe time to it's pick not, up your yeah. game, That's dude. the thing. It's not it's, like the end game, is it? It's one of the solutions, but <laughs> it's, it's possibly not. It's more one. like a Band-Aid, but it's not actually going to. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope that at the time they were like, this is just a temporary <laughs> solution, guys. Trust me, in 400 years' time, <laughs> you'll be able to just shop anywhere you want. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's grim. Um, on that kind of note, I don't know if you saw, I sent through a thing like probably an hour ago, but you know, the suffrage memorial in Cartoon Place and oh, yeah, on Lawn Street, it. they're going to, well, they're hoping to, I think it's been, it's going to a vote or whatever this, this week, next week, um, to change the name to either like Kate Shepherd Square or Suffrage Place or something. I just think it's real awesome. If you're in Auckland, yeah, turn down to Cartoon Place and have a look because bloody hell. It's a really important part of our history, and mm. they tried to tear it down a couple of times, yeah. guys. Like, they tried to paste over yeah. it. It's, it's bloody crazy. The artistic community, I think, were mm. quite mad about that mural. Yeah, they didn't like the kind of collage -y yeah, feminine 
kind of look. Mm. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at Lawn Street. Yeah. But that's awesome. And I think, Who you know. Who gets to vote? Do we get to vote? I think it's the calendar. Not the ladies. You wouldn't be allowed to vote on a suffrage thing, would you? Oh, hang on. Wait. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just a side note. Where do we want to go next? We've got a couple of topics. Should we talk about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Oh. Now, you guys, someone picked this up because I haven't been following it as closely as I think yeah. you have. What's going on? Okay, so so Amber Heard, we all do know that she has uh, filed for divorce and took out a protection order against Johnny Depp, and uh, and Twitter kind of exploded as it as it always does with um, people saying they should boycott Alice through the Looking Glass because he's clearly a, a, a wife beater and other, you know, yeah. You should so, boycott that movie anyway, by the way. Yeah, I think. I went to see <laughs> it before other I reasons found out. To not go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm i also always fascinated by the, the thing of separating art from artist and whether we can do that anymore and mm. whether we should keep talking about whether we should be able to do that. But anyway, so, so, but an interesting thing that has come up, for me, is that uh, the comedian Doug Stanhope, who was a friend of Johnny Depp's, wrote a guest column about what he has witnessed within the relationship, which is, according to Doug Stanhope, that uh, Amber Heard is consciously out to blackmail Johnny Depp and that the allegations are false and that throughout their relationship, Johnny's friends have all wanted to say something about how unhealthy their relationship was, but they didn't say shit because Mm. you just don't say those things out loud to your friends about their partners. So it's been an interesting conversation in our household because mm. Doug Stanhope, who was a friend of Johnny Depp's, is also a friend of my husband's. They've worked together. And it was interesting to read that column and work out how that all fitted together for us. My belief, I'm talking too much. No, keep going. So my thing here, <laughs> my thing is that when a woman says that she has been physically or emotionally abused, the first thing that we all have to do is support her and Mm. accept it as truth because if we start debating it before anything has even been discussed uh whether yeah then women stop speaking out right Mm -hmm. and and we live in a society that is really unsafe for women then so it's our job to believe her but i also find it really interesting to hear the story from a witness inside the situation Mm. And so I am kind of, some people say that Doug Stanhope shouldn't have written that piece. I'm leaning towards the idea that he should have written that piece because he was there on the day that uh, the alleged physical abuse took place. Right. And I'm interested in witnesses. I'm not so interested in the people just making up stories from the outside. yeah. Yes. My first thought when I read that Doug Stanhope piece, and I, I agree yep. with you um, on two points. I, I believe the victim, that is just like my first, yep. that's my standpoint. Believe the victim um, and don't listen to anybody else <laughs> that's, yep, <laughs> that's yep. just yep. conjecturing wildly online. Um, but I think a, the point of view of a witness is an, at least an interesting point of view. Um, but saying that, uh, my first thought after reading that Doug Stanhope piece is just how many 
thousands of people there are out there who do not for a second believe that their good friend could ever in a million years mm, yeah. hurt their, their spouse or their partner. This is this is common, you know. Um and that's not to that's not to say I don't think that Doug Sanhope believes everything that he's seen, but you show a different face to to your spouse and to the people that you love than you do to your loved ones. And even if Amber Heard is just like a horrible, horrible person, and even if she had deliberately positioned herself into a place where she manipulated or pushed or um, somehow influenced her partner to lash out at her, the responsibility for that behaviour still lies squarely with him as a as a growing ass man. Yeah. Mm. So I guess now uh, uh, the only thing that they really need to find out is if she's telling the truth or not. Yeah. Um, I will believe her until they prove that she's not. Yeah, I think that's, yep. And yeah. I, yeah. It's a good place to be. I, yeah. I've been kind of interested in, I've only kind of re- been skimming headlines of this, I'll be honest, but what I've really enjoyed is how it's always like, Bisexual wife, oh every single time. Oh my time. god! Like yeah. her being bisexual is the some headlines. kind of like like deviousness. Yeah, or like, headlines are just awful it's around. It's crazy, the- terrible. Yeah, it's like she's not a proper woman or a proper wife yeah. because what her lesbian friends pressured her yeah. into yeah. all sorts of things. Depp's bisexual wife is out to get $34 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like heterosexual Depp's yeah, bisexual I mean, wife. I'd like know? to know if Johnny Depp's heterosexual yeah. friends <laughs> pressured him into marrying her. That's sure. what I'd like to know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting how the sexu- her sexuality played into some it's weird, weird blaming thing. I don't know. It was, it was odd. And also, you know, close to the home than I think we would all like to admit, the Herald went with a oh, totally. bisexual herd yeah. headline, which I was just... Ugh. And that's the headline, and also in the body of the story, it will mention that she's much younger and much less successful and much less established. Put her in a place. Yeah, status, status, status. She's, she's not all, in Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Here's one other thing that I kind of take out of it is that when our friends are in, and I think this is the point that Stanhope was trying to make in a way, when our friends are in incredibly toxic relationships, we probably should speak up. Mm. Mm. At some point, we should speak up. I don't know. I don't know. I, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he himself even makes the point in that piece that sometimes um, speaking out against a, yeah. a spouse to your friend can end a friendship. Yeah. Which means that you are then sort of no use to that friend after that fact, I guess. I don't know. I've also seen this play out with a friend who another friend had said something about the toxic spouse, which I had been thinking about but hadn't had the balls to say. And then they ended that friendship over it. Yeah. And I was like, well, well I would have just lost my friend if I'd said something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was right and she was right, but and now the relationship is over as well and mm. we're all right. Mm. But they're not friends anymore and that could have been me. It's, a, yeah. it's such yeah. a tough place to be in. Yeah. There's just so much at stake, eh? Exactly. That's the thing, like speaking out, not speaking out. It's just like, what are you supposed to do? And how do you speak out? Like what's approaching guess, someone in private? I mean, it's the same as talking to anyone about any... Mm. difficult issue rather than sort of handing out a judgment on their spouse or their life. I think it's all about asking questions. I don't think you sort of go to someone and say, I think Mm. your partner is bad for you or abusive or wrong. I think you go to people and you say, hey, can I ask you a question? Is everything all right at home? Mm. I guess. And then you just give people opportunities to 
to get things off their chest rather than sort of demanding them. Yeah, do that that um, psychiatrist thing of saying, so I've noticed that he does this to you. How do you feel when that <laughs> yeah. happens? How does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? That sounds like a cool tip, mm-hmm. which brings me to my next oh. segment. <laughs> oh, my God. Cool tips of the month, guys. What have we got? Have we got anything? I've got one after <laughs> after spending three days um, standing up, uh, talking to people. Mm-hmm. I have worked out that the best thing you can do is every every day you change the shoes you're wearing. You alternate your shoes <laughs> so that your feet don't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't like if you're going if you're travelling, take at least two pairs of shoes so that every day you wear not the shoes that you wore yesterday. So you get new pain, but not you're not <laughs> reinforcing the pain from yesterday. You're hurting a Just new part of your foot or whatever. Advice. Yeah. Spread yeah, it out. yeah. I'm finding this is working for me. There you go. It's a grim tip <laughs> <laughs> for your MCs out there. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not really a tip. It's kind of just something that I, I learned. Um, we went to the Canon Awards, Leonie, mm. two of us, didn't we? We did. Do you what recall I had time. some anxiety about hair and makeup for the Canon Awards and I was getting quite yes. stressed out because I thought that's what everyone did and you had to look like amazing yes. and I, I did. pristine. I recall you on the phone trying to make <laughs> fancy plans to go somewhere in Wellington to have fancy hair and fancy makeup Did you done. get the media awards mixed up with the Oscars? I think I did. Okay. Also, I was like, <laughs> when I got there, I was like, New Zealand journalists. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's like Hawaiian shirts and 40s. <laughs> um, but what I learned is if you talk about doing that and then you turn up with hair and makeup done, even if you did it yourself, people will go, oh, my God, you look great. Who did your hair and makeup? That's so great. It's the best tip ever. So I, I stressed out. I was so desperate. I was ringing, like, the blimmin' farmers, like, what's it, like, Revlon counter, being like, can you do my makeup? And then I realised, I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't need to do this. I can just do what I normally yeah. do. Did the normal makeup. I went out that day in Wellington. It was the stormiest day I've ever seen in my life. So Wellington did your hair. Wellington did my hair. I, I got what rained on. Great my hair curled dry. itself. Yeah. And then I went, I'm just going to leave it. And all these people were like, who did your hair? That's amazing. And then I was just like, I realized, I was like, nothing matters. You know? Nah. You don't have to spend heaps of money. Nothing matters. Just chuck on. Yeah. A good tip that, that was passed on to me was... When in doubt, go a bold lip and a simple eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like you can take that with you wherever you go. That is great. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I'm really glad I didn't spend like $300 on. Because yeah. it would have all, Wellington would have wrecked it anyway. Yeah. And if anybody asks you beforehand, so what are you wearing? Say, oh, look, I'm, I've, got a, I've got a deal with a designer who kind of lend me <laughs> a thing. And then you nip off to Pagani where you mm. can get... Um, one frock and then another one half price and we're that mm-hmm. and nobody else shops at Pagani so there you go I, I didn't know Pagani even existed they are terrific so. it's what I'm wearing right now oh, I just all my that's I love them you know Kate Winslet really likes Pagani is she? Mm-hmm. she she came she went to Masterton She's and spent like so thousand relatable. bucks at Pagani good girl I, I know. like that it's good eh yeah um any more tips well mine's not a well it's sort of a tip also a <laughs> shout out um in a roundabout way. So I went to make makeup a couple of weeks ago and um, I was just having a bit of a sort of a, my, a makeup crisis mm-hmm. in that I'm sort of really looking for the right makeup products for very oily skin. I've decided that I'm a proper grown-up now. I'm going to learn how to do a proper face of makeup and buy things that are meant for me. Um, 
And I went to Mac and I said, look, I need something that makes me less greasy. And the boy that I dealt with was very, I could say boy because he was really, really, really young. He was very <laughs> helpful and he got me two products and I used them for two weeks. I used them as he told me to. I also, um, you know, changed it up a little bit just in case I was doing it wrong and nothing changed. I was still mm-hmm. an oily mess at about two o'clock every day. There was no difference whatsoever before and after using these products. Mm-hmm. And so I rang up the Mac people today and I said, um, look, I'm not, I'm not a serial complainer or anything, but um, I bought these products from you um, together. They cost about a small deposit on a house <laughs> and um, they just haven't done a, a single damn thing. They don't uh-huh. work at all. They don't do what it says on the tin. Um, I, do I, have I got any recourse here as a customer? Did you actually say recourse? I, I love you I if you did. did. That's such a great word to put in a what sentence. Word? What does that recourse. mean? Recourse. <laughs> go, go back. It's so great. Anyway, sorry, interrupted. Um, and I really thought they were going to be like, oh, you bought it. It's your fault. And then they said, um, oh, no, just bring in, bring it in, bring it back in, and we'll give you um, full credit. My they goodness. do that. I, I bought, thought it was really lovely. I bought the wrong colour foundation from him once when I was in a hurry and went back, you know, like two weeks later, and I'd be using it and went, I'm orange. And they <laughs> yeah. went, yeah, you are. Just culturally <laughs> orange. Yeah, well, yeah. this is the colour you should yeah. be. And they just swapped them. Because I did genuinely think it was going to be a problem that I had used the products for two weeks, every mm. day for two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, that's not an insignificant amount of product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I really thought that that was going to count against me. But I also thought, well, you know, I can't just sort of take it back straight away. Skincare takes a while to settle in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then nothing happened, but they gladly accepted. That is very cool, cool. isn't it? Because yeah. most of the money that we spend on cosmetics is on the stuff that we don't use. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just have boxes of stuff. I this whole, so like, much. learning how to put on makeup as an adult thing has been, like, this ongoing process for like maybe five years now, which is still way too late in the game because I'm 35 years old and I just, I didn't wear any makeup in my 20s because I didn't really know that they made proper makeup for brown people yet. I hadn't really explored it. I sort of grew up in a household where makeup wasn't really a thing that you did because it was just a little bit cheap. Yeah. Um. So I just never really thought about it and then I thought, you know what, I, I quite like makeup. I like mm, yeah, it's painting fun. So my fun. face. Yeah. I like watching other people paint their faces. Mm. I've now become like a horrible addict of like YouTube makeup bloggers. Yes. Yes. I find I them love very it. weirdly soothing. It's Shout really out to Chloe soothing. Morello, who's my favorite. She's, Chloe Morello, she's the Australian one. Australian I girl. I fall asleep to her dulcet Aussie <laughs> tones quite a lot. I, I watched her do so before the cannons. Actually, I watched her do a messy bun. Ah, she's like, cute. "This takes three minutes." It does not. <laughs> it, it does not. If you, it takes it half an hour, and at the end, all you have is yourself crying on the floor. <laughs> And I just had hairspray everywhere, and I was like, "You're lying, Chloe Morello. There's not a bun." The only way I could make a messy bun is to try to make a tidy bun, mm. and then I would fuck that up. Yeah, that's true. how that would work. And you know what you can do with the makeup that you have that you that doesn't work is um, uh, women who end up in or who go to women's refuges. The things they don't take with them, they take lots of useful things, but they do not take underwear or makeup. Mm. Mm. And um, and so if you can find somebody like the aunties, um, you know, firepower, uh, who gather up those things and pass them on to women in refuge, you know, some lipstick and some foundation yeah. makes the lady feel good. It's a great idea. Yeah. It is also a very good tip. 
Firepower Twitter aunties. Yep. That's W H A B A Power. Look them up on Twitter and then connect with them and help women and women's refuge. Yes. Just a little clap there. On to the next topic. Do we want Ghostbusters or ball dresses next, guys? Oh, 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 Ghostbusters in ball dresses. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would make the internet so angry. <laughs> they really would. They're not wearing the original suits. My childhood's ruined. <laughs> oh, my God. Your childhood's not ruined. Your childhood happened, and now you're an adult, and you need yeah. to grow up. Yeah. The end. Service <laughs> announcement. Remakes of movies will not change your childhood. <laughs> Also, here's another service announcement. You don't have to go and see a movie if you don't want to. They're not actually compulsory. If you don't want to see a movie, don't see it. You don't. Your life will not be ruined because somebody made it. Mm. Nor, if you are a movie reviewer, do you have to make a seven-minute video explaining why you are not going to see the yeah. new Ghostbusters. There was and a- yet, they couldn't find a second in that seven minutes to just come straight out and say, I don't like it because there's chips. <laughs> Because I think it was implied. Single, yeah, every single reason listed. Well, most of all, which can't, most of them couldn't even, even be qualified because it's like you're basically reviewing a film you haven't seen. So you're criticizing the quality of a film that you won't review. So therefore, you won't see it, and therefore, you won't know the yeah. quality of the yeah. thing that you're criticizing. So it just it was a seven minute exercise <laughs> in failed um, misogyny. And it's just it's it's ridiculous to. Fool yourself that that's, that it was anything else. It was really nightmare. It was such a, an interesting thing. I read the headline: No brave man refuses to. Well, <laughs> no brave man will not review the new Ghostbusters movie because he's not going to like it. And I thought, okay, no, that's clear and honest and yeah. straightforward. And then, it, but it is. It's a seven minute. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got mummy issues, and yeah. you're not helping. I mean, it looks like he's in a basement of. A parental of his mum's house, yeah. <laughs> and so, if you're a movie reviewer, how is it making uh, contributing to your craft by not seeing yeah. a movie? And why would you start with this one? Like, mm. how could you, in good faith, look at the entire back catalogue of Michael Bay's <laughs> and be like, "Yeah, I'll go to that." And yeah. then <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, oh. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there have been so many turds, mm. Mm. remakes, sequels, sequels upon sequels that have been released in the last 10 years, and I feel like this guy saw every fucking last he one of them. He definitely did, because none and of them had Now chicks. we've got some Ghostbusters with boobies, <laughs> and he's all like, I hate, I hate remakes, you ruined my childhood. And even Dan Aykroyd comes out and says, it's all good, guys. Also, I love it. Everyone's like, hilarious. fuck you, man. You ruined my childhood, man. <laughs> what would you know, Dan Aykroyd? You were never any good in it anyway. You were the weak link. It's just... It Bill Murray's crazy. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. Let's I, get some perspective. For that to be the... I think maybe apart from Justin Bieber's, one of his songs, the most disliked video on YouTube, which, I mean, I disagree with the Justin Bieber thing as well, but I strongly disagree with this. Mm. That... To me, that's just, that's it. That's everything. That presents yeah. everything to me, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, that in itself is interesting because it, they say with things like um, racism, you it's not something that can be quantified in any way by asking people questions. It's only one of the, it can only be quantified by statistics, by data. And so I think the same thing is probably true of sexism in mm. many ways. And that is a really solid piece of data right there. Yeah. 
the most disliked trailer in YouTube history. What, it's some, you haven't seen it yet. The trailer is perfectly funny. The yeah. trailer is in many ways funnier than like 80 to 90% of other trailers on YouTube. Mm. So, you know, when you take in like all of those factors, that is just a solid piece of data that mm. is either upvote for women <laughs> or downvote for women. Yeah. That's yeah. all that is. Yeah. It's just thumbs up for chicks, thumbs down for chicks. Yeah. That's all it is. So all of those thumbs down... A thumbs down for chicks. Not even specifically those four chicks. Who, General. by the way, are four of the greatest chicks on the fucking planet. And not just great chicks, but like Melissa McCarthy is box office gold. She's mm. proven that like a billion times. She's so freaking funny. Yeah. Like it's not like these are unknown, untested, yeah. um, like sad sack talents just trying to have a go at something. These are all yeah. perfectly established yeah, Hollywood not, stars and comedians. They're not yeah. low status newbies having a go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's those amazing. thumbs down are all just thumbs down for boobs. But no wonder we want to go for a swim by ourselves. <laughs> I know. Give us a break. Come on. There's currently 857,000 down votes. <sighs> and how many thumbs up? 200,000. That's more than last time. The last time I looked, it was maybe this is a new one. But and the the other thing is I don't even want to look at the comments. But no, <laughs> the comments don't. support all of this. They're yeah. not saying, oh, I don't, I don't like the production yeah. values. <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah, it's all like, it's all not funny. Who's she? Like, why are they what's ladies? She doing? Exactly. It's just it blows my mind. And you know, recently I think I saw a tweet that um, they're going into doing a male version of Bridesmaids. Which to me, I'm like, Boo! the hangover exists. Wasn't that but, every movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, we're not crying about that, you know? No. There's room for many movies yeah. on the planet yeah. and make as many different versions as you want. Yeah, it's not like we're waiting for somebody to make the final movie that will either be made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Sorry. it, guys. Yeah. Go home. It's been made. Can't make any more. They did it. They've done it. That guy in his basement's not going to watch it, though. Tell you that much. Yeah. You know, it's not because he's fucking busy. That's not why he's <laughs> missing it. It's because yeah, he doesn't. That guy doesn't have any plans. Nope. No, no, no. Um, that but diary's I do, empty. Not that he's gonna hear this, but I do really <laughs> want to do a shout out to Paul Feig, the director yes. of the forthcoming Ghostbusters film, because I feel like he has, you know, he's really had a hard time from the Twitter haters, and most people would just quit Twitter. A lot of celebrities do quit Twitter after they've been put under that much pressure mm. by the so-called haters, um, but he's actually stuck it out and he's stuck it out and he replies to people and he puts a spotlight on the worst comments and, you know, I think he's actually been like, not just a great ally for his film, obviously he's had a promoter film, but I think he's mm. been a really great ally for women uh, throughout this whole process of having literally thousands of douchebag losers hate him <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate him for that. Mm. And he made Bridesmaids, right? You I'm starting to realise now that tweet that I just talked about might have been a joke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're not about facts here oh, yeah, on no. hashtag OTRPod. I want them to make a male version of Bridesmaids. I think we get all our facts terrific. from jokes, be it Louis C.K. Louis or Kay. Twitter. <laughs> we get our scientific research from Dr. Louis C.K. Social anthropologist yeah. Louis C.K. <laughs> um, on another note, do you want to talk about abortions? Yeah, go Shall on. Shall we talk about yeah, abortions? Yeah, let's talk about abortions. Because I saw this I'm amazing play. Um, it's still on at the basement. It's called The Voice in My Head, I think, or The Voices in My Head. Have you guys heard of it? It's Natalie Medlock. It was written by oh. Jodie Malloy, and it's, like, this incredible – she plays every single character. There's, like, five women, 
from all different times or different places in history. One is like uh, a couple hundred years from now and the rest are kind of from recorded, you know, times in history. Um, and it was the most amazing, one of the most amazing like theatre experiences I've ever had. It was so, you know, when you see something and you're like, I feel like I'm seeing something that's never been said before or like, mm-hmm. and you just felt this amazing like weight lift off everyone. Everyone was sobbing. Like it wow. was like, yeah. it was one of those things where it was just, it felt, it, it was like really cathartic. And it just got me thinking. I feel like this month there's been a lot of kind of discussion around it, be it the Gloria Steinem mm-hmm. Q&A, which was amazing. We'll talk yeah. about that at some point. Or um, the amazing uh, ad <laughs> that was in the Herald oh, with the puppies. Full-page full ad. Saying, stop stop um, aborting the puppies. Don't abort these Kiwi legend puppies. Well, and don't put your kids to bed with a puppy either. They, don't, I don't give birth wise. to a puppy. What are you doing? Ow, that would hurt. <laughs> Even when they're little, they've got really quite strong claws. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. This is going to sound insane if people don't actually know what we're no, talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. We There's do. a full-page ad in the Herald, <laughs> um, which, you know, those aren't cheap. Um, paid for by an organisation called Voice for Life. Mm. Dot, I want to say org.nz, but maybe .co.nz. Probably um, Yahoo, Yahoo. Which was a, a pro-life uh, ad organisation. I the prefer image, to call them anti-choice, if I can do that. I like that. Thanks. Yep. Um, an anti-choice organisation, and uh, the image that they used in their full-page ad was two slumbering babies mm-hmm. in a bed with a little puppy between them. Mm-hmm. And the headline Just kind of implied... That people were aborting puppies. That yep. is how it read to me. And it didn't get any more sensible in the body of the text, which said that 500, very soon 500,000 fetuses will have been, I don't think they said fetuses, will have been aborted uh, in New Zealand over a particular period of time. And that if those kids, uh, if they had been born and become human beings, then we wouldn't have a problem with an ageing population. We wouldn't need immigrants to say that, or do they just make that up? Um, yeah, the world would be a better place with those 500. Mm. Where the fuck are they going to live? Where We've got a housing live? crisis oh, like, There's no room. No, really there's not. There's like a boat that maybe two of them can live on. And what about all the puppies? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> now, I went to the website um, that was advertised at the bottom of that ad, mm-hmm. and their front page had articles, linked to articles, and the first two were to do with um, the gender imbalance in China and how there's um, more boys than girls because uh, girls were not the favoured children for many years in China and um, many horrible fates befell under the one baby child girls policy. under the mm, one-child right. policy. Um, and then the third article linked to on their homepage um, was to do with um, Down syndrome kids speaking up for themselves and, and having their, their say on various matters. And that, to mm-hmm. me, made me think that the Voice for Life people think that people who get abortions are involved in some kind of eugenics program. Yeah. Yeah. As that if it's people about... are going around deliberately aborting their girl don't children have the right and, one. Yeah. and, and uh, children with Down syndrome, and as if it's not just 90% people in, in horribly desperate going, situations. Going, I do not want to have a child. I'm not ready. I don't have any support. I'm young I'm a child myself like I cannot mm. provide this new human being with the kind of life I would like to provide a new yeah, human being with you know I want to, when I do bring children in the world I want them to be wanted and loved and cared for what an insane take they, yeah. they also <laughs> look at a I mean the they're articles about China. They're not articles about New Zealand's population. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that so much with... We don't have much of a history of, of killing our girl that, babies. Right? Not no. so much. And they also... Uh, one of their arguments is that there aren't enough uh, children available for adoption in New Zealand. So 
you know, you can ex- extrapolate from that if you like that we should be farming some babies yeah, for the people yeah. that can't have them. Mm. Also, themselves. there are a lot of children in foster care, so the fact that they're not being adopted out is actually for all sorts of cultural and social reasons that have nothing to do with there aren't enough babies. Yeah. Mm. So they should probably look at their facts. Just read that as well. How can anyone just pop an ad anywhere? Is that, is that the new yeah. thing? Should we take out a um, on the rag? How much yeah. does it cost? Ed, Roughly, you know about print. A thousand dollars. A rage in the Should Herald. we do a give the a little? Herald would probably, my guess, would probably be upwards from ten, maybe about twelve thousand oh dollars. That's God. just a guess. It's probably actually more than that. Why don't we do a give a little thing and uh, <laughs> we each get to write six hundred words of whatever we want. Anything. Yeah. Want. Yeah. I think we should do it. I think we should do it. Um, something else I, and I would like to give a shout out to Lizzie Marvely for writing about this in the Herald actually, oh, yeah. she, you know, she taught me a lot of stuff I didn't know, you know, I haven't been through the process myself. Um, I didn't know how hard it was. Yeah. You have to get signed off by two dif- different GPs and you have to like claim mental distress. You basically have to, to get an abortion, I think the laws are administered, are administered in a reasonably liberal way but the way the law exists is that you have to say that you're either crazy or in danger of becoming crazy Mm. you uh yeah so that's that's how the law exists like like rape is uh rape is not a a reason or incest is oh no incest is rape is not an automatic reason for being uh, allowed to terminate a pregnancy um the law as it stands was written in 19... Sterilization and uh, contraception, sterilization and abortion act. I should know this off the top of my head. It might be 1984. Mm. Mm. And then there were some amendments in 89 that, in 89, it became possible to talk to people under the age of 16 about contraception. Up until then, you couldn't. Um, you could, uh, you could use, you could talk about condoms in schools in terms of protecting you from STDs, but not in terms of um, preventing pregnancy. We've got really quite archaic laws. So that's yeah. So yeah, you have to go through a GP, two consultants who have to agree that continuing with a pregnancy would uh, endangers your mental health or that you are mm. already mentally unwell. Right. Wow. It's a hell of a lot of admin. It's also really it's tricky for rural women because you have to. Mm. Oh, you find a second opinion. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then you and you know, presumably you, pay for a second consultation. Yeah, and it's not like uh, doctors' consultations are super cheap or anything. Yeah. Um, I kind of on a on a lesser note than obviously this, but I've encountered a similar kind of administrative nightmare <laughs> recently because I ran out of my pill, and I just rang up and was like, "Oh, can I get a renewal? Can you fix it through whatever?" Like. I don't know. I, I find it really difficult to do the simplest of things. I hate filling out forms. I hate doing all that. Like, mm. I don't know. I hear I, you. know? And she said, no, you have to come in and see the doctor. You have to come in and see the doctor. You can't You can't just get it. And I was like, what? But I don't understand why. She's like, you just have to see the doctor. It's your time. It's time. You have to come. Oh, they do that every certain period of time because they have to do your blood pressure and a, I don't know, oh. it's before they renew a prescription. So you had I think it's gone annoying. through the... The route of just having it fax you before and then yeah, this time forever, now, you've for like years, you know. And she's um, like, no, you gotta come in, you gotta come in. It's time. So I went to the doctor, <laughs> finally time. found time. It's time. It's time. You've been summoned. It's time. <laughs> so I have to go and stand at the doctor's for, I stood there for about an hour and a half waiting. 
because I, 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 it's probably part of my poor uh, healthcare choice. I don't go to a fancy doctor. I go to the community doctor. Um, <laughs> and I was just standing there going, this fucking sucks. Mm. I hate wasting time. Yeah. I was standing there for an hour and a half and I didn't even get to see them. So I still don't have the pill. <gasps> and it's like, and I Googled it and I started looking at the accessibility of contraception. It is actually, we are in the minority that you have to go to a doctor yeah, why to get contraception. Over the counter, why? It's over the counter in like a couple of states in the US, but heaps of just, you know, like, I think in the Middle East and stuff, it's all just, you just get it. Like, you don't have to go through this rigmarole. Yeah. And I wonder why. Like, I understand there are particular health risks, like oh, clots. I don't know, oh, <laughs> some God. kind of clots. Yeah. The clots are coming <laughs> at some point. Um but it's happening elsewhere, and it just seems like I, – I just get really annoyed spending time yeah. on this crap and money. And it seems like such a straightforward personal choice. Yeah. Why does anybody yeah. else have to be involved in that choice? Totally. Why can I go and buy all the booze I want and whatever – there's all kinds of stuff I'm allowed to choose for myself. Why can't mm. I do that? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Because presumably if you had any – terrible symptoms developing as a result of taking your pill that you knew you would book to go and I see I would have done but something about it. And that's the thing. It should totally be over the counter. And, and I mean, I, I see was... why your very first consultation, oh, totally. you should have, you know, to figure out which pill to take and yeah. if things aren't working out, then you go back until you figure it out. Yeah. Once you figure it out, you're done. Yeah. There was like, and what I was reading about it, about those over, the, where they just sell over the counter, they said that women can self-diagnose up to like 90% accuracy of a doctor of like, if it's working for you or not, you right. know? Like, so women know, like... Yeah, because you're living with yourself quite a lot of the (laughs) time. I know what's going on. I'm taking a pill. I'm not getting pregnant. Yeah. You know, I'm not bleeding everywhere. Is the morning after pill available over the counter yet in this country? So you can can get a a pill, a morning after pill over the counter, but you can't get... Yes. My local pharmacist okay. is hilariously stern <laughs> with me for getting whenever I get the morning after pill. Really? She is this uh, maybe Eastern European lady, and it might just be her accent, which makes her seem extra, extra yeah. disappointed in yeah. me for my bad life choices. But she sort of over explains what to do, and I'm always like, you know, it's fine. The instructions are just sort of written on the box. Mm. Just take one now. Maybe she sounds mean when she says, later. you are a beautiful kitten. <laughs> <laughs> it just cracks me up every time, but I have to like pretend to, you know, have this, this straight face. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, of course. I'll, I'm, yes. really, I'm really sorry, miss. <laughs> I won't do it again. I, I promise. Do it again. She's so funny. I love it. But isn't there, there's this interesting, like, there's a step. There's this weird public yeah, step where totally. you have to do all this You have to go shit. into public and you have to announce to a stranger <laughs> that you had unprotected sex mm-hmm. with a stranger. Not with a stranger. Oh, my God. Just <laughs> Well, maybe if that's Doesn't your call. Yeah. <laughs> Rewind. Jose. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. But, yeah. No, it's true. Like, as with anything, you have to just, you have to make your business public. You have to go to mm. a doctor for the pill. You have to go to the pharmacist for the morning after pill. It's asking for permission to be really... a sexual being. Do, yeah. Do, I'm just trying just to work out if men ever have to do that. Like you could buy a condom, buy a condom at, at a supermarket or a gas station or a whatever. So, or yeah. you get them for free. Yeah. It's the other thing. Mm. Yeah, go to family planning and get a shoebox full. So, But we have to jump through a hoop and ask for permission. Excuse me, I'm going to be a bit slutty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm owning we it. I have all the sex. Yeah. I need medication and permission from other people 
before yeah. I do so, please. Mm. Like, oh, can you just wait for two hours and we'll not give it to you? And go for it. <laughs> Great. Thanks for that. <laughs> I don't know. That might just be the, the, the doctor I go to again, but I don't know. I feel like it's something experienced so by many women. So what happened at the women. end of your hour and a half? Were they well, I had to go to a flat away. viewing. That's part of the reason. Oh, you ran out of time. But you don't even get me started on the housing crisis. But that's, that's long enough to have exactly. waited. Exactly. You really. shouldn't have to wait that long. It's oh. just, there should be a vending machine. A drive-through. A vending machine. It's like, it should be that simple. And I feel like that's something that Gloria Steinem said. She was like, if men could get pregnant, yeah. you could get an abortion on every corner. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> this stuff would just be made so much more accessible. It would be cheap and safe. Yeah, it's so true. Easy. But she yeah, was fantastic. So yeah, if, if that's how much I have to go through to get a pill that I haven't even got yet, I can't even imagine yeah. what it's like to go through the process of getting an abortion. And I just think it's crazy that we're mm. still living mm. under so, those Yeah, I was reading, I didn't go to Gloria Stone, but you did, mm, Michelle. Yeah. And I was reading that she or someone in the audience actually revealed to this New Zealand audience that abortion is technically illegal in New Zealand. Yeah, it's a crime. And well, yes. A lot of people didn't know that. It, mm. Yeah, because our laws are kind of weird. So fundamentally, if you bought a fetus, that is a criminal act, except under these particular circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, she was terrific. I, I guess the guy who uh, was the interviewer didn't ask any of the questions I wanted to ask. He kind of it's a, one of those writers' festival things where he talked about the book, and I yeah. actually just wanted to ask her about um, the fourth they wave of feminism. Please, like, I don't yeah. know if they trusted me. There's a little bit of criticism about their their choice of moderator for that. Yeah, that I mean, talk with so many amazing women. Yeah, even just in New Zealand, yeah. that could have that could have taken. The and role. the next week, Your she was lovely self included. Like, why bring over some British dude? Yeah, I, well, I think he's the director of the Writers' Festival in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he was just, you know, randomly picked from a <laughs> yeah, yeah. lineup at the supermarket. But <laughs> it was kind of weird. And, I mean, he was delightful and lovely, but um, all the questions that I want to ask <laughs> didn't get asked until people started lining up at the microphones, like the, you know, the, the young woman, <clears throat> 14-year-old girl who said, what can I do about if I want to connect with other feminists? And so Gloria organised a group for her to meet with once a week um it was amazing and i had this can i confess because mm-hmm. i would need to get this off my chest i did the most terrible fangirl thing i um bought her book i've loved her since i was a teenager uh and so i had bought her book and was going to uh line up and get her to sign it after her event but i also i did this terrible thing i went and bought a copy of my own book and lined up with that as well and gifted it to her which so good <laughs> but it's so good is it is it I just can't believe fucking you had to buy your weird. own book it's weird <laughs> that you bought your own book oh no but I don't own it so the the publisher owns it so I, I understand that it. but so and I as I gave it to her this look on her face it was just like oh my fucking god you've just given me your own book you weird <laughs> crazy creepy Surely stalky not. I don't know no, anything about I'm you sure she about. loved it all will be dispelled when she reads it though well yeah. it's probably in a bin out the back well, of the ASB theater, you did but... probably also gift her about 20% of her luggage yeah that's true <laughs> the way to it. so the two things I thought were <clears throat> if she's thrown it in a bin at least my I can say that my book has been thrown in a bin by Gloria <laughs> Steinem that makes me feel good and if I hadn't done it I would be kicking myself that I hadn't done yeah. yeah, but did you was, did you oh, write anything in it? Yes, you, I said uh, I don't know what I wrote. Something you know, like thanks for everything. Yeah, love you, Mishy. She's like can't even return it now. Uh, no, <laughs> she can't even give it to somebody for Christmas. How embarrassing! 
But she was terrific. And one of the things that I really loved, she this wasn't in response to a question from an interviewer, it was uh, from an audience member, because I wanted to say to her, talk to me about the Kardashians, explain that to me, exactly. where are we up to? <laughs> and, and what are we... And um, <laughs> so somebody talked to her about uh, the way women... Uh, uh, present themselves to the world, you know, naked selfies, that kind of, mm. you know, and what we're doing for ourselves uh, and, and whether this was acceptable within the feminist construct. And her reply to that was that every time we look at any of those things on the internet, on Instagram, whatever, we have to try to work out, was that about uh, our own, coming from our own power or was it about submission? And I, it's, it's such a simple, obvious yeah. thing, but yeah. I have kind of got my head around that. It, do whatever you want out of your own power. Mm. But if you are being driven to do that because you feel like you need to make yourself submissive, it's not okay. Yeah. I and like that term, out of your own power. Yeah, yeah. I and Su- Susie Allback talked about it too. You know, right. Fat is a feminist oh, issue. Yeah. I went to her session as well. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. It was amazing. It was just an amazing – well, it was only like an hour or something. Right? Oh. It felt like – it was just like electric, especially when the questions opened. Yeah. Because like, I feel like everyone was kind of like, oh, this guy, like yeah. just waiting. <laughs> and then you just saw everyone shoot up to the microphones. But what she did that I thought was so amazing, and it's something that I think Alice Walker has talked about in a couple of festivals ago as well, is like that women talk in circles. Mm-hmm. You make circles and you talk about things. And she's like, this is just a giant circle. So yeah. if you've got any announcements or anything you want to say to the room, just go up to the microphone now. And people were like, yeah, we're doing We're meeting like- in Greyland on Tuesday at 7.30. <laughs> That's it was fantastic. like amazing. It was beautiful. That's like, I, I don't think I've ever experienced that. I feel like it's so rare in like, you know, yeah. Twitter age. Mm, yeah. <laughs> people would actually talk yeah. to a room and be well, like. Well, yeah, we were talking about women's spaces earlier. Imagine large women's spaces mm. not just for these tiny little pockets that we're trying to carve out for ourselves which we're being criticized for but imagine like arenas women's yeah. arenas well see now i remember this from the 70s and and early 80s the united women's conventions that were held annually where women would just turn up for a conference and there'd be no kind of printed agenda everybody would agree on the first day of a three-day conference what was going to get discussed you know that Mm. Alice Walker thing you don't actually need an agenda if you write an agenda and keep it private to yourself you will find that by the end of the circle chat you will have covered everything on your list anyway because that's just how it works yeah We don't yeah. make any notes. We should do. <laughs> we should. Yeah, I'm mean, like the physical and the real world gatherings. I yeah. would really. There's something different about being able to be in the room. OTR IRL. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, I just felt like that I hadn't felt anything like that. Yeah, that night at it was pretty Stadium. special, right? Yeah, it was amazing. And you know, there were some dudes there, and I was like, shout out to the dudes. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I was talking to my partner about it, and he's like, I would feel weird no. going to it. And you I was shouldn't. Like, you shouldn't. Yeah. You know? Well, the whole point of feminism is to free men as well as women from yeah. prescribed roles, right? We're all supposed to yeah. be who we are, not who we're being told to be. Mm. Totally. I mean, this is one of my stupidest things about men's rights activists is none of them ever stand up for men's rights. They just go around mm. complaining about women. It's like, <laughs> why aren't you advocating yeah. for, uh, like, you know, men of colour in prisons and, like, gay and trans men's rights? Like, that's what yeah. an actual men's rights activist Yeah, why aren't you dealing with an incredibly high active. rate of male suicide? Why aren't you talking about men's health? Exactly. It's mm. a great point. They're doing it wrong. They're doing yeah. it all we wrong. We should explain it to them. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Um, on that note, did you see that Kit Harrington of Game of Thrones was crying about being objectified? 
on the, on the, poor, poor, beautiful, poor sexy John boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so it was kind of funny and kind of interesting. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's about time. Was he genuinely upset about it? Yeah, he was like, there's sexism in the industry towards men. He's like, I'm always asked about my body and my it's love not life. Sexism, it's objectification. Exactly. It's not that's sexism. Because it doesn't affect him in the way that it affects women. We can't like, have our words, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it back. Yeah. Bloody John Snow. Oh, interesting. Um, should we wrap up? I don't know. I wanted to talk about mansplain moments because I have something that kind of bothered me, but I thought. Give it a few I chance. think you should do it. This is a safe I think, space. No, I think what I might do is skip the actual story because... But I'm so dying of curiosity. No, I don't know if I want to do it. I okay. basically, I just want to say that if you ever get challenged by a man to explain or justify your feminism, all you have to say is, I don't owe you this discussion and get up and leave. That is so great. Because <laughs> that is what I wished I had done. I got engaged in a what he called a robust discussion and I took t- to be... The deepest mansplain I've ever had in my life <laughs> that went deep down into my heart and mansplained my heart to me. Um, Were you not getting your feminism right? I was doing it wrong. Oh, God. You know, um, if you talk about The Bachelor, people, mm. oh. if, it doesn't help women. If you, it doesn't help the women in prisons. If you talk about, you know, Dom Harvey, that doesn't do anything for women, you know? And anyway, so I got caught up trying to... You know, for a long time I've thought that what I, you know, I can do what I can with what I have currently, you Mm. know. (laughs) Anyway, so I got engaged in this big fight and I realised at the end of it I was like that was such a waste of energy and emotion and I wish I just said no thank you. Yeah, and good night. Did yes. you did you feel a little bit like somebody had drilled a hole into your bones and sucked your marrow out of you? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But what 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 I've been kind of processing the most is that this was a man. He is you know very very senior to me. He's very well respected, very you know of of notoriety in New Zealand. Um, that his one criticism completely demolished the hundreds of positive messages I've had from women mm-hmm. yeah. it took just one to demolish all yeah. of that and I went fuck I was like what the fuck am I doing like I'm wasting time I'm writing bullshit am I stupid is everyone like you know like I, I doubted everything and I was so angry that yeah. that's that's what he did to me so yeah I just if that ever happens to you just say no thank you yeah thank yeah. you for the opportunity but no thank you and that <laughs> phrase I don't owe you this discussion is really helpful and we should also have an emergency number that ladies can call <laughs> to call, yeah. call up the ladies and go is it when I write about The Bachelor am I do, am I wasting my time and we'll go no it's, this is a really interesting social discussion about yeah. where we are right now and mm. how that all fits into the bigger picture yeah. you're doing great what's the number that we should have for our emergency call is it the police <laughs> <laughs> one 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 a and man yes. is trying to tell me about feminism <laughs> we'll, we, please we'll be right there jail. stay on the line lady stay on the <laughs> line they get way weirder phone calls than that every single night <laughs> I'm sure um, so that was my that's my shortened mansplain I just think if someone's doing it just tell them well, to shut up well that's great advice and it's, it, it is a shame that it was a, a lesson one with so much pain. I know. I wish I had. But known. um, it, that yeah, that's that's a super piece of advice. To I mean, I yeah. I often attempt to engage with with people that have made their mind up. You know, like there's a certain exactly. type of robust conversation that isn't 
there's no there's no one on the receiving end of it. You've just been talked mm. at. It's exactly. robust in the sense that punching a wall is a robust exactly. thing. <laughs> that just smacking your head against the table or staring off into the middle distance. Like they all have the same outcome, like which is absolutely nothing. Mm. You know, someone's just talked at you. Yeah. Just, except for the fact that maybe you feel a little bit worse about your life. Here's another thing you could say is, um, is there any chance that either of us is going to learn anything from this conversation? Mm. I wish I'd known that. You know, these are all the things. You need like a little a chip mm-hmm. in your head or yeah. something. And then like a little an notebook of sick burns that you can follow. Yeah, like yeah, a soundboard yeah. on your phone, you just play it. Like, <laughs> I just don't even want to move my mouth. Just press a button, it's like, no. Go away. <laughs> I just don't even want to move my mouth. It's just terrific. Yeah. I, I, I care so little about this conversation. Yeah. I don't and I'm even just, want to move I'm my so mouth. I'm so mad at myself that I did, but I know that I will never do that again. And I just hope yeah. someone, you know, yeah. I feel like yeah. I don't someone could learn from that. It's really great. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of a positive mansplain. I guess like, I learned I learned a bit, made a, made a few mistakes, but it's all good. Um, our final topic is ball dresses. We touched on it briefly, mm-hmm. re Ghostbusters and ball dresses. But man, don't wear low cut ones or short ones because you get in trouble with. Yeah. How are you going to know that you're dressed up fancy if no one can see your cleavage? Exactly. Yeah. That is the. What is the point of being symbol? 16 if you can't show off your back before it's got, you know, oh, middle aged back fat? Just, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Wings and. This is peak back period. Just <laughs> yeah. get in there with it. I mean, what's so bad about a back? Yeah. I mean, I potentially understand if they don't want your butt crack hanging out, but even then it's your butt crack to do whatever you want with. But back. Yeah. I don't even think backs are that wildly sexy, are they? Well, oh, okay. I, mean, no, they are I take that back. I just made a picture of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you were just like, wait. Wait. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's oh, hard. no, that's good. Mm, Kit Harrington. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do they get a pass because they're a Catholic school or, you know, or should they just, oh, just stop telling young women how world. to present themselves to the world? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, this, you know, the underlying suggestion is if anything bad happens to you, it's because of the way you the dressed. dressed. Yeah. You should have listened to our rules yeah. about the dress. Yeah. Or, and like, the other end of that, it's just that they think it looks yuck. And it's like, well, you're... You know, like old mm. old people that run a Catholic school. Like, You're supposed to think it looks young. Yeah. That's the point of it. <laughs> that's the point of all things that young people yeah. do. Yeah. They do stuff that they think looks awesome and that you, as an old looks person, bad. think looks stupid. Yeah. And they'll learn. That's the other thing, you know. And There's look- not a single person alive who grew up and went, man, I looked really great at that ball. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's a, that is a really good sell. Let them do whatever they want yeah. because they will, five years later, One never day. do it again. Yeah. Exactly. Rather do than it. when they're like, you know, however old, going, maybe I'll try out that midriff top. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I hid away when I was 16 because I wasn't allowed to wear it. <laughs> I just don't get, like, when are people in authority going to learn, but telling kids they can't do something makes them want to do it more. (laughs) You stupid heads. That's how it works. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. Can I ask what uh, you wore to your respective balls? We didn't have one. No? No, we, it wasn't a thing when I was when I was young. Oh. I, we, we had school socials, uh, but they were pretty relaxed. And so, okay, all right then. I wore, <laughs> uh, my mother was a, she sewed things. And so it was a pink and orange check seersucker. Do you know what 
sockets, yes, like it's that material that's sort of bobbly. It's sort of, and it had puffed sleeves and a Ooh. and a princess um, uh, waistline. So I looked like a cushion. <laughs> Much. But a pretty cushion, I believe. Wow. A princess cushion. I what was going on with the hair? Uh, what year was this? Uh, this would so I was at, at high school in the seventies. So there, I would have. Here's what I would have done. I would have the night before put my hair, and because you had nobody had blow dryers or crimpers or any of those things, I would have put my hair into a million little tiny plaits, mm-hmm. so that it was sort of like a, a semi afro. Yeah, yeah, mm. <gasps> yeah. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Good yeah. decade. Yeah, great decade. Nobody's got photos. <laughs> so good. So good. I went to a lot of friends' balls. I got a large group of um, guy friends at high school, and I went as friend dates to mm-hmm. um, boy proms, um, but never to my own one. Oh, really? Um, and uh, we didn't have one. Well, I didn't do seventh form, but I did sixth form, and me and my best friend – when it came time for our ball that we were allowed to go to, couldn't neither of us could actually afford the $100 ticket because they went to Epsom Girls Grammar. <gasps> but we were like poor out-of-zone kids. Um, and our parents didn't have $100 to go towards a ball, let alone a dress. So um, her and I went to the pub that night, and we won <laughs> a prize for dancing the dirtiest Lombarda together. <laughs> so that's how I did the night of my ball. That is a win. That is yeah, great. I think so. We had a great time. But Leonie, was your back showing? My everything was showing. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. I was a grunge kid. I was probably wearing like 40 layers that covered me up from like my ankles to my neck. But I still, I could still dance a mean Lombardi, yeah. you know. That's great. I wish I hadn't gone to my balls. Man. Really? I bet you look really pretty. Yeah, I look like weird. Did. I look like Shirley Temple, as always. Oh, the overkilled I got ball super, hair? super curled hair. I went to <laughs> Phoenix Makeup in Kingsland. Nice. Yeah, that place. Yeah. Got smoky eyes. The smokiest of smoky eyes you could ever get. Is it your first smoky jizz. eye? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's the first time anyone even touched my face in that <laughs> way. I was very excited. <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> and my dress was like, it was like an 80s. It was like silver. It was silver with like velvet bits it was like a bodice and then had the big puffy bit. But over the puffy bit, I got like a 50s black skirt over it. So I had like a little silver bodice. Oh, it was actually cute. quite cool. Yeah, now that I think about it. It, it sounds, sounds cool in theory. But when I look at the photos, I mean, the Catholic school would have been, I would have been out of oh, I would have been out of there. Oh, it was back. It was front. There were arms, oh, were legs. Terrible. <laughs> were you like a lady? Were you place. like recognisably a human lady with back looked, and arms and cleavage? I had all the things. That's outrageous. I should, yeah. I needed it. How dare you? Mm. In the veil. Um, yeah. Should we, as a special treat to mm-hmm. any new uh, on the rag listeners who might be interested in our Facebook page that mm-hmm. we will be starting henceforth, Maybe add some photos of ball <gasps> disasters. I think that would be great. I think that's a great idea because I don't have any. So <sighs> I don't believe you. Okay, I, uh, you've got some. They're yeah, just hidden somewhere. Them, They're buried. So I'll find them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go I'll to my own them. ball, but I did go to some other ones, and so I do have. Um, that's he- pretty cool. Hideous ball dress regrets to share. Yeah. Mm. Did you wear the same frock to all of the? No. Well, actually, I borrowed one from um, a girl in my year at school who I didn't even really hardly know. I just <coughs> saw a photo of her in it and was like, that's oh really cool. Gosh. I've got to go to a ball. Can I borrow your dress? And it had cutouts Ooh. on the side. It was this amazing, like, 
bronzy brown colour with cutouts on the side. And then I spilt something on it. <laughs> oh, shit. And they were really mad. Her f- oh, whole family no. was mad at me. I mean, I had it dry cleaned, but it didn't come out. Oh, oh no. I think I might have borrowed like a $1,000 dress or something and then like just got like chip fat all over the front. <laughs> this is a risk you take when you lend a frock to someone. That's, that's, not, that's a good know, life lesson for her. I don't know what I was thinking. I barely knew that girl. Mm. I was just like, oh, yeah, I like your dress because a go. Another boon on that frock. And she gave you a go, which is amazing. We were all just clueless. I was like, because a go, she's like, oh, I guess so. I think you taught her a really important lesson that's probably stood her in good stead for the rest of her life. She'll be honest, people's like, oh, no. Oh, I don't (laughs) All her clothes are in like one of those little sleeping bag things. Yeah. All right, that's ball dresses. I think it's time to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. Shall we end on a positive note? Do we have a Yas Queen of the month? Yas Queen. Does anyone have one they want to nominate? Um, well, I have a Lady of the Month. Um, I actually do not know how long this TV show has been out for, but I have recently discovered the TV show Lady Dynamite. Um, <gasps> Maria Banford. Maria Banford is my bad bee of the month because <laughs> I just think she's so incredibly funny and I might be like way behind the eight ball here because I hadn't heard of her before discovering this TV show and have since read up on her. And um, her stand-up is hilarious. Yeah. And the TV show is surreal and silly and ridiculous. And um, it is about uh, a sort of a 45-year-old comedian who has undergone a, like an emotional breakdown and is recovering from that and trying to get her career back on track and it also just happens to mirror her actual life as a comedian. What a coincidence. <laughs> emotional breakdown and trying to get her career back on track. Um, and it was co-created with uh, Mitch Hurwitz who is the creator of Arrested Development, my favourite TV show of all time. Mm. And um, it's just hilarious and I just like that it is funny on a lot of different levels and it's like silly and surreal on one level but actually like has these beautiful moments of clarity and poignancy on other levels and it breaks the fourth wall and it's just very good and I can't recommend it enough and I think she's awesome. Can I can I tell you a showy offy thing? I worked with her in Adelaide <gasps> about eight years ago um, before she moved back to the States. We did some shows together and she is oh the God. nicest human being and she wrote a joke that I – um, am incredibly jealous of you know there's the joke that you go yeah. I should have written that <laughs> and it goes um, if I was going to have plastic surgery I'd like to have the part of my brain removed that cares about what other people think <laughs> which I just think is fucking yeah. genius she's beautiful oh my god that's such an amazing impression oh, yeah it was really up. good it was really great I can't yeah. believe it yeah. I love that that um the white trash, is it that it was called? Or Taking Out the Trash, yeah. that episode. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Is it called White yeah. Trash? I don't think it's called that. See, I watched the first episode and couldn't quite climb into it, but somebody's told me that the pilot is hard work and then after that it flies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I That's need to persevere. It. Yeah. Okay, because mm. I just I mean, I was her. immediately into the weirdness of the pilot. Yeah. And then um, my boyfriend was like, oh, that was super weird. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. And I was like, that's why I love it. Yeah. And then the next couple of episodes, it was like, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Carry on with yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's really great. It's really funny. She's a hero in her own weird damaged way. Yeah. And boy, do I love a damaged hero. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a oh, no, I don't know. Oh, no, no, it was Clementine Ford really for me for writing that piece that mm. finally articulated mm. how, how I feel about women's gyms and women's swimming sessions and 
stuff so that'll do okay so slightly thinking about Claire Underwood because I'm into finally I've just finished the third series of House of Cards and now I'm into oh, the yeah. fourth series and everything that I wanted her to do she's doing she's like surely she's <laughs> got to be president by the end of this surely that's what anyway so yeah just stroppy ladies so in we're general. just all about that TV life yeah, yeah. I actually have one on TV as well. No. Mine's a, the weather woman who wore the sparkly dress oh, and then yes. had to get her sleeves oh. cut, her, her arms Put a cardi up, on, lady. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I was like, good. On, I love that dress. It was the cute. That dress. I would do that yeah. if I had that job. Yeah. You know? Um, I just think shout out to her. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that you know she had to get. To get swaddled, yeah, like yeah. That. I still find <laughs> it really arms. outrageous, and I'll I'll stop talking very soon. But <laughs> we talk about how um, uh, fundamentalist is- Islamics are so terrible because they make women wear the full hijab, and you know, all uh, oh, so. Uh, and then then we're telling women, I don't want to see your arms. Yeah, mm, I, I don't want you. Yes. We're doing the same thing, well, and it's even more pejorative and judgy. So, mm. Yeah, and the fact that it keeps happening is the fact is why we're still going to do this bloody podcast. Yes, so we're yes. on Every the rag. Month. We're on the rag. That'll show the fuckers, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're all out there. They're on the hashtag hashtag OTR Pod, guys. If you want to get involved, uh, I think we're finished for now. We'll see you next month on the rag. Thank you, Michelle Leone. And Jose for joining us in this woman's space. <laughs> and we'll see you next month. Get on the hashtag. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.